0: Hey, listener, it's Harry here. I wanted to drop this special pre-roll right into every single episode you're listening to, whether it's a recent one or the back catalog, and tell you a little bit about this special promo I've put together with the great folks at Focusrite. I couldn't be happier to share with you a very special promo we have coming up for the holiday season. This is your chance to win a Vocaster 2 from Focusrite, courtesy of their sponsorship and Podcast Junkies. It's very easy and very simple. All you have to do is head on over to focusright.com forward slash podcast junkies. It's just another example of how excited and how proud and how honored and how grateful I am to be working with the team focus right shout out to dan Hughley. i couldn't think of a better way to celebrate the holidays than to partner with him on this special giveaway i've been using the vocaster 2. it's beautiful it sounds fantastic it's got the built-in gain i'm using it directly with my gain heavy shore sm7b anyone within the sound of my voice would love to have this as part of their kit. And again, all you have to do focusrite.com forward slash podcast junkies. Make sure you get on that today as the contest expires December 17th, 2022.
1: Well, I've definitely learned a lot more so much over the past two years, you know, just in building this up. Now I can kind of look back and I'm actually, I'm really proud and kind of surprised that We've been able to build to 45 shows, and I think we just want to continue building and expanding, letting people know that we're here. And that's really kind of the next step is really pushing everything out there. And that's why I'm so grateful that you had me on this podcast. This is the first one that I've been on, so I'm excited.
0: Podcast Chunkies, episode 306, 306. Hello and welcome back, regular listeners. I'm so honored that you keep coming back for the show and hopefully I've told other people about it and I'm glad that you're getting a lot of value at it. Apologies for missing last week. It's been a busy, crazy couple of uh, weeks with the holiday season and I'm just now getting caught up, so I appreciate your patience. If you are new to the show, this is the one where we seek out interesting voices in podcasting and get them to kick back their heels, talk about their shows and whatever else is on their mind. Last week, we had three-time guest heather osgood friend of the show founder of Native media back on to talk about all things that are happening not only in the world of podcasting but with a new project she's got underway it's a platform that allows folks to buy and sell podcasts very interesting make sure you check that out if you haven't already episode 305 if you're a bit of rustling in the background it's a little bit of activity in the kitchen but the show must go on and i want to leave that in there as a reminder to you that you're not always going to have the perfect Environment for recording and podcaster to podcaster, we all know how true that is. So I wanted to remind you to be kind with yourself and remember, keep taking that imperfect action. Okay, this week I have the pleasure of speaking with Diane Ray. She's a broadcaster, an interviewer, a content creator, a producer, a voice talent, and most importantly, she's a seeker and the founder of the Mind, Body, Spirit Podcast Network. It's a fantastic platform for creators in spirituality, health and wellness, metaphysics and personal growth. This stuff is right up my alley. I'm a firm believer in things happening for a reason. And Diane herself told me that this is the first interview she had as she was starting to talk publicly about the network and get the word out. So it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to deep diving with her as well to learn more about the network because it's really fascinating. And for anyone that's been following my journey on Twitter and through my newsletter at harrydran.com, you'll know that this is totally something that resonates for me. Talk about how to handle radio and podcast interviews that have gone sideways, ad structures and revenue sharing models, and the power of spiritual awakenings. You're going to really, really love this. I I know that if you're continuing to listen and you're following me in my journey, that this is something that's going to be impactful for you as well. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode or past episodes, i will it if you leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcastjunkies, and I'll be sure to read those out on future episodes. Okay, before we jump into this high vibe episode with Diane, here are a few words from the folks that support this show. This episode is brought to you by Focus Right. I couldn't be happier to share with you a very special promo we have coming up for the holiday season. This is your chance to win a Vocaster 2 from right courtesy of their sponsorship and Podcast Junkies. It's very easy and very simple. All you have to do is head on over to focusright.com forward slash podcast junkies. It's just another example of how excited and how proud and how honored and how grateful I am to be working with the team at Focusrite. Shout out to Dan Hughley. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate the holidays than to partner with them on this special giveaway. I've been using the Vocaster 2. It's beautiful. It sounds fantastic. It's got the built-in gain. I'm using it directly with my gain-heavy Shore SM7B. Anyone within the sound of my voice would love to have this as part of their kit. And again, all you have to do, focusrite.com forward slash podcast junkies. Make sure you get on that today as the contest expires December 17th, 2022. So Diane Ray, co-founder of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thank you for joining me on Podcast Junkies.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this.
0: We're going to geek out on all things podcasting. (laughs) I love it. And I I still haven't made the call as a podcaster. We can expect all things. I just so happen to have a neighbor that's... uh pulled out the shop pack next door and (laughs) we'll see if this makes it into the final, but uh, it's always fun. And I think it's uh, a reminder as podcasters that we just do the best we can. And I think it's more important to focus on having a great conversation. And sometimes, you know, we just do the best with the tech that we have.
1: Absolutely. I get the leaf blower guy all the time you know, delivery guy, Amazon persons, and it always happens when you're doing something like this. So I totally understand.
0: Has any one of those come to mind as a recent just interruption to your podcasting workflow?
1: Has it happened recently or? or Yeah, any any recent ones come to mind. (laughs) Oh yeah, leaf blower guy has come to mind and I've had, you know, absolute internet death you know, happened during an interview that was I was almost finished, you know, you're just wrapping it up. And then everything died. And I I had to reschedule the whole thing. So anything that can happen will happen for sure.
0: Well, one of the benefits of the platform we're using today's podcast is that it's progressively uploading to the cloud. So even if we lost, if we've got the 59 minutes in, and we lost the last minute, at least we'd have that first part of the interview, then. So uh, I'm grateful to your team to have reached out to me to get this set up, and uh, I was excited to have this conversation. I've I'm familiar with some of the, the Hay House authors uh, as well, so we can get into that. But I'm curious, just winding the clock a bit. Got your start in, in was it in, in TV or in radio in San No, Diego? I'm, I'm an old radio gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and was that? And you studied journalism.
1: I did. I studied journalism and just my love of music sucked me into radio and getting free concert tickets and, and CDs. and'm really dating myself, and spent uh, most of my radio career in the Miami market, worked a little bit in Austin, Texas, then came out west, I worked in San Diego at the uh, legendary KGB. Then I worked at the NPR affiliate here at KPBS, and then kind of uh, found myself into the digital media world and came on to Hay House Radio when they were just launching an online radio network, which was like revolutionary at the time. I remember my radio friends were telling me, oh, no one's gonna listen to radio online. What are you doing? It's career suicide. And I said, no, I think something's gonna happen here. And I uh, spent 11 years there, met some wonderful people and built up that platform to where we were getting 2 million visitors a month. So we had some nice success there. And uh, then moved over to work with another organization to build up their online radio platform and got them into podcasting. I worked with a organization called Unity, where I met my business partner, uh, Tina Williamson, and we launched mindbodyspirit.fm. So that's like the, in a nutshell of my career.
0: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we can wrap up the interview. Now we're all, we're all caught up. <laughs> what are some of your fondest memories of working in radio?
1: Oh, in radio. Wow. There's just so many. I mean, I love the live element. It was so fun to be on the air in your hometown, having that immediate reaction and talking to listeners. You know, again, the free concert ticket and CDs and just my love of music. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time in rock radio. I have some fond memories. Live radio is still alive in some form. Things have definitely changed and morphed over the years, but it was definitely a lot of fun to crack the mic and just have fun live it it was a lot it was great I enjoyed it
0: obviously you learn what you can in school in journalism school but nothing really prepares you for being live on the air so you know was it just like learn as you go and sort of school of hard knocks in terms of like figuring out what's what's the right thing what's not the right thing to do and especially when you have that live element I'm sure that makes things a bit more exciting
1: It is. It's very exciting. There's a lot of fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing, you know, making sure you don't curse, you know, things like that. There's other stories about that. But so much I learned in my radio life, I was able to transform into the podcast world, you know, really communication and telling a great story is key in both of those platforms, you know, both of those ways to communicate. So I was I've been able to bring over a lot of what I've learned in my radio life into this life
0: yeah it's interesting because as a, i'm a child of the 80s and so i i mean i vividly remember the the radio and then calling in to request your favorite <laughs> song <laughs> and it's so funny because i was uh hanging out with my partner and her dad is in his 60s and he was telling us how he likes listening to uh, sirius because he hears the djs because i'm thinking no just listen to spotify you can just to the whole song and you don't have to listen to that there's no commercial breaks but he likes Sirius because of the djs coming in every now and then and talking a bit about the song and it's something like i don't think about anymore because i don't listen i rarely listen to live radio because i'm always listening to like a, a podcast or or, or or a streaming service and, I'm, and i and it is generational and i think sometimes you know people appreciate. There is something about that human element of someone taking you along on a journey in the podcasting space. Some folks call him the godfather, Adam Curry of, of MTV VJ fame. You know, it's, it's that same experience. You know, when music videos were playing, you, they'd come on and just introduce the song. And I just, uh, we're recording this in September of 2022. And I was just the podcast movement. I got to meet Adam Curry in person because he's he's got a whole new initiative with, with this podcasting 2.0, th- the thing that he's doing. But it was a fun, you know taking you back to, to, to the 80s of remembering watching mtv getting getting to hang out take a photo and get in chat with adam curry who's going to come on the show now too which just brings everything back brings everything full circle for me so i'm wondering you know any experiences you've had in meeting like folks that you've admired or, or heroes in the space
1: well i do remember when the dj was a star and you were so excited if you heard your name on the radio i remember the one of the first time that in, in my hometown in south florida i grew up in fort lauderdale so y 100 was the big miami top 40 flamethrower and bill tanner was this huge legendary morning show guy it was tanner la manana and you know you'd call in and i remember he had recorded me for a little bit you know i was talking about something like the walkathon or whatever and just the thrill of like hearing your name on the air he said my name (laughs) you know it was so exciting and just the, the interaction and the engagement and it's funny though, to come full circle, I see that now where people are really wanting to do that on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, finding a way to incorporate the listener and really engage in the podcast experience. And I'm, I'm working with some of our podcasters on our network, on mindbodyspirit.fm that still wanna have that engagement, but in a podcast form. And I think there's ways to do that and not lose that. But yeah, I do remember the DJ and you know that excitement I, I don't know. I wish you know the DJ was the star still, <laughs> but I guess th- things change and morph over time.
0: Well, was, what's funny about podcasting f- for me personally is that I my passion for podcasting actually came from DJing. I, I grew up like with a passion. I grew up in New York, so it's it's house music, so electronic music, house music. And it's, I learned on vinyl, like I learned how to DJ on proper turntables and, and I would throw parties and high school dances and all that sort of stuff. And, and I remember like, that was my very first passion. So I, I'm dialed into like, you know, that, that power of like a DJ to curate and, and control like, like an an event or a party or you know any and, and i've always been fascinated by that and, and and the idea was to start a podcast to interview djs in the beginning and then i realized like oh, that's going to be kind of hard so let me just interview podcaster <laughs>
1: right you you would be a little a little limited
0: yeah. i guess yeah
1: but it is fun i mean and i even remember like way back in the early like i don't want to date myself that much you're going to think i'm an old bag but <laughs> you know queuing up the record i remember doing that with Programming that we would play like in the middle of the night. I did the overnight shift early on in my career And in the early morning then sometimes you play like block programming stuff and you had to cue it up on the record and Yeah, then you'd fall asleep, you know <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. It's definitely a di- different experience.
0: When did you start listening to podcasts?
1: Wow I mean, I've, I've always loved stories and got started listening to podcasts. I guess gosh, five, I don't know, five or six years ago, maybe a little longer. Okay. I mean, podcasting, it still seems like in its infancy, Infancy, you know, even though I guess probably the form has been around, what, over 10 years, 20 years?
0: Yeah, at least. Yeah, 2000, maybe six or eight, I think is like the first one, depending who you ask. And Adam Curry, I think, had a part to play in that as well. Although there was an announcement or a news bit recently on Pod News about Robin Williams on a talk show talking about, I forgot how far back it went, but he was talking about how he was like downloading like audio to his device and then listening to it. And people were like arguing in the podcast community about whether that was actually one of the first podcasts, because the mechanism that he described is essentially what podcasting is nowadays. So it's always interesting.
1: It could have been yeah. or maybe just a, a different view of the mixtape.
0: Yeah. 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 Yes. The mixed <laughs> the cassette Remember tape. Remember that? <laughs> Well it's so funny because when I started, because I I got my start in the DJ world, when I first heard the term podcast, it was a DJ mix. It was I would go to Sound they were like, go listen to this DJ's podcast on SoundCloud. And it'd be like an hour long mix and uh, you know, coming from the the era of mixtapes, you know, I remember my barber shop in New York City, Astro Place would have you walk down to the basement level and there's all the barbers there, but there would be a guy, the DJ set up, and he'd have just Rows and rows of cassette tapes of just all sorts of mixes like hip hop and house, and just like you could just buy a, a ten dollar cassette tape. <laughs> it was like,
1: You're taking me back, cassette. <laughs> yeah. Cassette, that's yeah. funny. Remember when they would break and you put the pencil in? Yeah, and try of course, to fix to the it? eraser,
0: you just have to just <laughs> <laughs> yes. take it apart. So, moving from analog to digital, how did you start having those first conversations, and how early on were you with HeyHouseRadio.com? Uh,
1: Well, Hay House, I started there in 2006, and it was really at the launch. I mean, they had just launched this online radio network, and I was really the only one that had a, quote, radio background. So it was funny how I tried to come in and I go, well, I'm, we're going to make this sound just like a radio station, and we're going to have sweepers, and we're going to do bits and contests. And I remember trying <laughs> to do a contest, like caller number 10, yeah. and it, it just it wasn't going to work. And so I had to totally shift my way of thinking from the radio way to kind of doing things a little bit differently. And then as podcasts slowly started growing and becoming more, more of a presence, you know, moving more into that direction. And, and I, I tried to do that as well with Unity Online Radio, taking them from a live radio format, and then, you know, moving it into a podcast. And then, you know, taking some of those people onto mindbodyspirit.fm and taking the radio show into a podcast, I guess, because I remember in the beginning, I would say, Oh, a podcast is just a radio show. Sure. And it is, but it isn't. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a little bit different.
0: So in your time at Hay House, you hosted a couple of shows as well. Can you talk about like how how you got those off the ground and some of the experiences you had, including, you know, working with Wayne Dyer as well?
1: Oh, yes. Dr. Wayne Dyer was amazing. I worked with him. He did a show every Monday and he was a guy that just really loved to connect. And so having that ability to just, you know, sign on from his place in Hawaii, he lived in Maui at the time. And he could reach people all over the world. And we had people calling in from Hong Kong and Europe and all over. And he just loved it. So that was amazing. And then basically I just did an interview show of new authors that would, you know, come through Hay House and that was a great way to sell books. So it worked on so many levels and it it was amazing experience.
0: How did you hone your interview skills over the years? Like, how, how was that experience when you got started? Had you had experience doing interviews from the radio days as well?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, I did some, although I didn't do a radio, I mean, an interview show in my radio days. I was a DJ, you know, I, I spun whatever, <laughs> Led Zeppelin tunes. <laughs> so I did do some interviews, you know, with bands and things like that. But my time at Hay House Radio really allowed me to hone that skill. And I will even say to this day, an interview can always go just right down the drain. You know, you think you know what you're doing and then something will happen or it will just go sideways. So I'm always learning even now. I never think I know everything because there's always something that I don't know. And I think it's always a learning experience. And I just, I enjoy the conversations that I have so much. And I got a chance to talk to so many people at Hay House Radio and then brought it over to unity and I I did a show there and I've kind of kept that as a podcast. So I have my show be present the Diane Ray podcast out there, talking to people in the mind, body, spirit space. So I'm still swimming in the same pool, you know, and talking to those people because I I have such an interest and a love for that. That subject. I think we we need it.
0: You mentioned a couple of interviews going sideways. Is there one story (laughs) that comes to mind? Wow,
1: there's been a few I had one interesting interview at Hay House where I was talking to a medium, and she gave me a message that really threw me because it was so super accurate that I didn't really know what to say after that. I'm like, uh, the, uh, you know, so that kind of brought things to a screeching halt, because yeah. I was like, what? You know, <laughs> how did cut, she that's know where that? Cut commercial. <laughs> I, I did. I, that's what I did. I just kind of went to a commercial. I'm like, well, we're going to take a break now. Then I've had other people that were just kind of so out in left field that I was trying so hard to reel them back in.
0: That's a skill, right?
1: That's been hard. It is. It is. That is a skill to try to pivot back and bring them back on track. So, yeah, all of those things have happened.
0: Are there folks that you learned from in the radio days that were mentors or people that you admired or just learned along the way from?
1: Yes, definitely. People, it was funny, I mentioned back at the Y 100, the station I listened to growing up, and I eventually started working there. In my late teens and early 20s, I answered the request lines, you know, I just I did whatever I could to get my foot in the door. And Robert W. Walker was a big DJ and program director at the time. He was amazing. A big influence in my radio career was a woman named Shirley Maldonado. And I always try to give her a shout out wherever she is. She might be in the New York in the new york area but she was the first woman that was really like an authority figure a program director at the time because it was a very male-dominated world although thankfully that's changing and i admired her so much for being in that position so i tried to emulate her as a manager yeah and that's nice influence yeah so shout out to shirley if she happens <laughs> to hear this
0: you mentioned the music in the concerts. i'm just curious as a point of reference my partner's Friends with someone who does lighting, who did lighting for this a stadium tour that just came through town, and it was uh, Def Leppard, Poison, Motley Crue, and Joan Jett. <laughs> so right, we got to see some backstage passes when they came through town here in Minneapolis, and then we recently went to go see a show in Vegas, and the, sh- the tour ended in Vegas, so we got to see like the, the acts that we didn't see there. But it's it, it's funny because I, I wasn't uh, like I was more like I said in the house music scene, so I, I went to a couple of concerts, but. It, at that level to understand like bands that perform in stadiums that big and, and it's a unique experience. And I'm so I'm glad I got to actually see Joan Jett live too, which I had never done. And so I'm wondering if you have any like fond memories or, or, or favorite acts of music back in the day.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'd have to say Van Halen because I remember looking up and seeing Eddie and the red and white guitar and oh, just yeah. being in love. <laughs> So any band that would come through South Florida the Miami market I would try to see. So there was so many. I remember The Stones Steel Wheels tour. Okay. David Bowie. Wow. Probably the my although like my all-time big favorite, I never got to see Led Zeppelin. I was a little too young for that.
0: Okay. <laughs> that would have been fun.
1: That would have been fun. Yeah. yeah. But those shows were incredible. So being able to be backstage at, at an event like that is amazing.
0: Yeah, it's pretty well. Yeah. And you forget how important earplugs are as well. So. Yes. <laughs> you get to lose your hearing. So I'm curious in your time at Hay House, were you on a spiritual path or are starting to become aware of these authors as they started coming through? Because obviously, like anyone who's on the spiritual path and, you know, I like to, I've been prominent on social this year that I'm out of the spiritual closet like i've been on a 20-year journey myself so anyone who's in that space knows the name chaos really really well and i'm, I'm so curious how you started to uh you know how that journey was like for you as you started to discover these authors and i imagine like read some of these books is like you know how was your journey expanding at that time
1: I did have the self help shelf, bookshelf yeah, yeah, at yeah. home. I still do. <laughs> uh had that for a long time. Always had an interest in in yoga and the metaphysical and the spiritual. I was like the the weird girl at the slumber party with the tarot cards that wanted to read your fortune and things like that. So that was kind of the beginning interest. And then when luckily I Had the or managed to get the the job at Hay House and then actually meet and interact with these people and learn so much, it just brought me you know further onto my path and. Louise Hay was a big influence and Dr. Wayne Dyer. And being able to talk with him every week, he did a show every Monday, and I was kind of his second banana because, like I said, he would just switch things on in Maui. And I'd say, Wayne, you know, how you doing today? Oh, I was swimming with the turtles. And, like, he had this idyllic life, and he would come and, and do the show and just talk to people from all over the world, and I would listen to everything he told them and so many lessons that that I learned how to pay attention to how you think you know, and things that you tell yourself and the people you surround yourself with and, you know, the kind of energy they have and just all of those things... So I'm still on the path. I'm still a seeker. I still love to to talk to people about those things and learn as, as much as I can.
0: Did you come across folks in the early days of Hay House that, that were not known when they started working with you? And then by the time they either had their program or a book came out that they started to become even more well-known? So you sort of like knew them before they were famous?
1: Oh, wow. I'm trying to think if there's someone that would fall in that category if I knew you when. I mean, I've seen a lot of people continue to grow and expand their reach and their career, you know, since then, and have moved on to, you know, trying to share their message in a lot of different ways. But I can't think of anyone from the like, very, the very beginning that went to be Oh, wait a minute. No, I, although I, I wouldn't say she went on, I get like, I I remember working with Marianne Williamson. When she did a radio show with us, and I had read some of her books previously, A Woman's Worth and a couple of others. So I would say she would probably be the biggest one that then went on to try to have a presidential run. She was an amazing influence as well. Very smart.
0: Yes. I had a small experience with her team because uh, at the time she was doing the presidential run, I had offered to help in any way I can. And I, I helped start, uh, we were going to start a podcast. And so we got a couple episodes recorded because I was taking some of her recordings and I wanted, you know, because I'm such a advocate for the medium, like I, any opportunity to like share the message is something like I, I, I was willing to do and I was really like, seeing what I could do to support her campaign. So we uh, did have some discussions. I never got to speak to her directly, but I did have some discussions with folks that were helping her get that podcast off the ground and, and just obviously seeing what she's doing what and she's been doing and how inspirational she's been in the space has been, I'm sure, uh, fun to watch, especially when you think about like those early days.
1: Yes. Now, I've watched that with a lot of interest and and I know people discounted her as just a woo-woo and you know, didn't really take her seriously, but but she's, she had some great things to say, you know, and I think- She's a powerhouse, yeah. I, I agree. I think people should have listened a, a little bit <laughs> deeper, you know, to what she was trying to say. Yeah, it's almost she like- She had a great you, message.
0: You almost feel like the, the world's not ready for a message like that, but that doesn't mean that it's not important.
1: Right, and that's the one thing I, and also what I love about podcasting this medium is just that it's so open and available to everybody who has a message that needs to be heard Yeah, and they can put it out there. That being said, maybe they shouldn't, you know, <laughs> like maybe they might want to think about that, but I love that it's free and, and available to people. It's kind of open the doors.
0: Yeah. I mean, I always, I tell people all the time that there's, everyone's got to, a- a voice that needs to be heard and that and story to share. And, and it's like I always say, if you go into a restaurant, there's 50 people there. There's 50 stories, right? If you but if you have to be curious, you have to care, you have to be compassionate. You have to know how to get stories out of people, be a good listener, you know, you know, and and figure out what questions to ask. And, and I think that's the challenge sometimes with people like they, they just are we're operating at a superficial level and it's hard to figure out, you know, where people what's on people's minds and what people are thinking and what they're holding inside and what they want to share. And I think sometimes when you give, you may have experienced this yourself, when you open up, you know, long form conversations, that's why most of these that go at least an hour on my show, because I feel like you know things like Joe Rogan having three hour, you know, conversations. You start to listen, and over time, I think people just get relaxed, and then and they, you know, they they let their guard down a little bit, and they feel like there's a the safe space, and then, you know, so that's really where the magic happens sometimes, and you just get some really golden nuggets of, of of stories from people, and and you just realize that everyone's just looking for that connection at the end of the day. We're all just looking to connect on a human level.
1: We are absolutely, and that's what we're we're trying to share with the podcasters that we're gathering on mindbodyspirit.fm is to give people a a place to come to to share their stories, share their message. And the content that we're gathering in this space, mind plus body plus spirit, I think is so needed right now. Because I mean, really, we're in we're living in a dystopian nightmare right now. (laughs) We need all the help that we can get. And to offer that kind of content is gratifying.
0: Yeah, when did you? Can you talk a little bit about the conversation or about the where your mindset was at as you were leaving or making the decision to leave Hay House and and starting to work with the team at, at Unity.
1: Wow. Well, I was I was scared because I had been there eleven years and I had my team and I had a, a great group of guys and incredible engineers and I still miss them terribly to this day. <laughs> Transitioning from the place of working with a group to working on your own and working with unity i was working remotely okay. so that was a different experience so it was just kind of that getting over that fear and moving forward and i really wanted to help them because i i, I really like the unity message i don't know if you're familiar with them but like they they love everybody it's a spiritual organization that kind of pulls the best from every religious tradition and distills it down to you know, the bare minimum without a lot of dogma, you know, and people can look them up if they want to find out more.
0: Is that related to the, like the Unitarian churches? no they 're okay. not, and they okay.
1: will tell you that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something different. it's
1: okay. yeah, it is a little different, okay, but I just I like their message, and a lot of the Hay House authors kind of got their start speaking at unity groups and, and oh, okay. churches interesting, so there was a you know a synergy there be- between them, so the a lot of the things that were shared at Hay House, a lot of the messages were similar, yeah, so I tried to move unity into like a sponsorship program, you know, and we started pushing, they were doing some podcasting, but we like pushed things out a lot more aggressively and just tried to really maximize the the network and really build it up. So we did have some successes. But yeah, there was the fear, the fear of the unknown, as always.
0: What would you say was one of your, your biggest wins in the time at Unity?
1: A big win? Well, I think just building up the the platform, like before there was really like there was nobody on that was coming to the website. I called it tumbleweeds and crickets. Like you look <laughs> at the analytics and it was like chirp, chirp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just building up an audience and, and I really was passionate about letting people know what the message was and what they stood for. So I wanted to help push that out there. But being able to bring some bigger talent onto the network and then at the time, at that point, Unity Online Radio kind of pulled the plug I mean, Hay House Radio pulled the plug. So I moved some of those hosts over to unity and gave them a new home. So that was a success for me, you know, to bring on some bigger talent and bring more numbers, and just bring an audience there to build the audience. And that's so hard. And, and we struggle with that every day.
0: So now we're moving into mind, body, spirit, talk a little bit about those early days when the idea is like percolating, and you're feeling like the need to move on to start something different, like what's going on for you in your mind back then?
1: Well, I was thinking, hmm, you know, there's so many great teachers out there and there's just not an easy place for them to be found, you know, and then I connected with my business partner through working at Unity, Tina Williamson, and she was kind of the yin to my yang kind of thing. And she had a radio background as well and an incredible sales and marketing background. And she was VP of marketing at, at broadcast.com when Mark Cuban sold okay. to Yahoo okay. and made a ton of money. and continues to make a ton of money. and So she had just all this incredible experience that I didn't. So we both kind of put our heads together and like, hey, we think there's something here. You know, there's a need to kind of give these people sharing these messages a place to land. And so we were able to build the network and offer podcasters a free platform to push their stuff out there and a group, a community. And that's what we're really trying to build is a a community where the podcasters can share messages, help each other promote and build it. Like we really want to be the destination. Like, you know, there's so much noise out there. I mean, how many podcasts are out there? I think at the last count, there was like 2.4 million or or something like that.
0: So (laughs) yeah. 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 Yeah, Two to 4 million, 4 million, depending. And it's, they count it as like active RSS feeds. And then, you know, because I listen to pod news and just kind of stay on top of what's happening in the industry. So a lot of times um, they talk about the podcasters who are, are being consistent. And so they released content on a, on a regular basis. And I think when you look at those, because if you literally have one episode in your feed, then technically it's in part of that four million. And there's a lot of pod fading going on, people dabbling, and especially with Anchor, with free podcasting, they could just try it and be like, nope. They, then they realize how much work it is. Yes. <laughs> then they stop. So I think uh, the number they've used is a couple of hundred thousand of active podcasters, which is still a lot. And it's still, you know, there's still a lot of noise out there and a lot of challenges for people to find out like good shows or even to find content. So I think the idea of creating a network, uh, especially on this topic, which is near and dear to my heart is is really fun.
1: Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because consistency is key and people do fade out and they'll, they'll just give up or they're like, well, I'll do one a month. And you know, you're not going to get anybody. You're not going to get any audience just doing one podcast a month or just kind of dabbling. And so people do have to really make the commitment that that they want to do it. But for us, we Tina and I feel that there really is a hunger for this kind of information. You know, we don't have any politics or we don't want any kind of, you know, conspiracy theory, any of that stuff. We want to give people a place to explore these kinds of teachers and modalities and meditation and things that can can help them in their daily life.
0: And so talk about, uh, I mean, you started in early 2019. So what were those early days like?
1: Oh, it was so hard. <laughs> I mean, it's just, if anyone, of you know, people are like startup, oh, it sounds so glamorous. And it's the hardest that you'll ever work, but you have to really believe in it and be passionate. And so it was really just getting those first few people to believe in us. And we were lucky to get a couple of people and the, some of the people that started, like we have a show called Angel Talk and she was a, a minister in Des Moines, Iowa and had reached out to me and I'm like, you know, look, I don't know if you want a podcast, let, let's do it. And now she's like one of our most listened to shows. Other people that I worked with through my Hay House days that thankfully wanted to work with me still and just but just building it up and building it up and you just kind of claw away at it every day. And we have forty-five people with us now. Hopefully, fifty by the end of the year. Wow! And continuing to grow. But it, it is like looking back now. I'm thinking, oh, I remember when we thought, oh, if we could just get five people, <laughs> we could just get ten people, twenty people.
0: Yeah. And then so you have forty-five you shows it, you on it. there now. Yes,
1: yeah, so we have forty-five podcasters with us now. We are ad-supported. We work with Megaphone, okay, who's our podcasting platform in the ad dynamic ad insurgence space. And they've been really wonderful, you know, helping us and helping us grow.
0: So what was the business plan when you got started from how much support you're going to provide podcasters? Because as anyone who's listening to the show knows, there's so many different moving parts when it comes to show. It's the onboarding. I own an agency as well. And and we do the setup. We do the, the audio production, the trailer, the launch, the cover art, the music. And so there's so many moving parts and there's a lot coming from radio, you know, everyone's ideal is to be like Howard Stern you just show up, you get on the mic, and then you leave, and then like everything else just magically happens <laughs> behind the scenes. And I'm I'm sure that was some of the allure for some of the folks that were interested in maybe working with you. And then I'm wondering if that was the idea as you were getting started.
1: Wow, I mean, you're so right on, on all of those points. And so what made us a little different is that we're not a content creation company at this point, although that is something that I would really love to do we're an aggregator we're gathering people together so what we would tell people in the beginning is you know look you need to give us a quote broadcast ready mp3 okay but we'll show you how to do it and we'll we'll try to hold your hand and, and help you through it yeah for as low a cost as possible And there, I know there's, you know, there's a lot of great agencies out there that are, you know, they're selling packages for a couple of thousand dollars a piece. And we were kind of offering that alternative, like, this isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. I'll show you how to do it. You know, I'll show you how to how to do an intro and how to be, you know, have a presence and put it together. So we kind of just pieced it together and we felt we were offering something a little bit different because we weren't charging people this fat fee. Yeah. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, where if people like, were like, oh, I can't do it, you know. But I said, look, you don't need an epic miniseries. It doesn't have to be this highly produced, you know, thing. It can be down the road. Sure. Get me some good, clean-sounding audio, a little bit of music, something that makes sense, you know, and just kind of break it down to make it easier, Where people would get, I think people get overwhelmed and they think, oh, it has to sound like, you know, this fabulous Wondery production, (laughs) which we would all love to to sound like this highly produced thing. But, you know, you and I are here in our little offices, you know, trying to make good sounding audio. So it's really just kind of guiding people in that direction. And then like, look, you can get better.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It can sound better. It doesn't have to be, you know, fabulous, right out, highly produced thing out of the gate.
0: I always tell people your 10th episode is going to sound better than your first and your 50th is going to sound better than your 10th, but you're not going to prove if you don't start. And you just, no one, very few podcasters, when they hear the sound of their voice recorded for the first time, is like, oh, that sounds wonderful. They're just like, that's what I sound like. like I don't know. And they sometimes hold off on releasing their episode or just publishing. You know, some famous podcasters who like recorded their audio and then waited a year before publishing because they were just like, ah, I don't think it's ready. And, and I think what's you know, hopefully people are now realizing that you're never ready and you're never going to, there's no like finish line when it comes to podcasting. I think there's so many things that you can improve on with each episode, with each rep that you get in there. So, and I think that's, I imagine some of the advice you're you're giving to folks that are getting started as well.
1: Absolutely. And just to get them over that fear. And I see people that have such great platforms and, and messages to share. And then they'll freeze up, you know, or they'll worry about the sound of their voice or something like that. And, and I like I have another great host, her name's Dr. Mona Lisa Schultz, and she has the thickest Boston accent ever, you know, very New England. And she thought, oh, I sound horrible. And, and I no, it's you they want, they want your personality. They all of that is the whole package. Don't worry about you don't need the dulcet tones. <laughs> it's nice to have, but it's really the message.
0: So when folks are getting started with you, are they just at different places in their in their sort of like audio journey? Do they have they been recording somewhere else? Have they started? Have they been on radio? Are they just getting started? Does it run the gamut like uh, in terms of people? It
1: kind of runs yeah. the gamut. I mean, we're trying to move into working now people with people that might have a little bit more experience under their belt because it's so hard to take that person, you know, from absolutely nothing to get something consistently at a high quality, not that it can't be done, but it's a lot more difficult. So yeah, it has been kind of the whole run, the whole gamut. And I remember seeing this back in my Hay House days from people that were like, Oh, I speak all the time. I can do a radio show. No problem. Like that's a lot different when you're alone in front of a microphone than when you're getting this love from people in a live audience situation. It's a very different scenario. So yeah, it does. It kind of, it kind of runs the gamut.
0: Is it uh, just a, a wide variety of uh, mixed formats? Is people doing solo shows, but also interview-based as well?
1: There's uh, some people that are doing interview-based. Some people are doing a lecture. The person that I just mentioned, Dr. Mona Lisa, actually records because she loves live radio and she will not give it up. So she records you know, YouTube sessions or she'll get people... You know, be a part of the live studio audience on my Instagram, you know, live, and she'll record that and we'll make it into a show because she really loves to have that interaction. So we do whatever kind of really suits the presenter, whether it's a lot of people or authors, how it's best able for them to get their message across.
0: So talk a little bit about the structure of the ads and you're doing so you're using megaphones, so you're doing dynamic ad insertion, and your inventory is all the shows on the platform? Yes. And then what guidance do you give the hosts in terms of like, if there's space for that, or can you talk a little bit about like how you prepare them to come onto the network and anything they need to do to get their show ready?
1: Sure. I mean, basically what we tell them is, you know, look, this is your content. You know, I, I will guide them a little bit in the presentation, but like, look, this is your message, what you have to share. So you just worry about that. I go, all I really need is a one to two second space for that ad insertion. Just leave that, then you timestamp it, you tell me where that space is, and I will go in and make the ad insertion. And then I'll coach them. I mean, the great thing about working with Megaphone is that it gives the creator a little bit of autonomy over the categories, right? Like I I tell them, look, if you don't want alcohol, because we have some shows, a Sober Living show, some people that just don't want alcohol advertised, okay, you can opt out of that. Or I have a couple of vegan shows. So that's no fast food, no zoos, you know, aquariums, I mean, anything like that. And so they feel that they have control and people like that because they don't want just something shoved in their show that they're not going to agree with. And then I tell them, look, we already opt out of no news, no political ads. There's a category called sensitive other. None <laughs> that will apply. Okay. So, you know, basically we say, let us handle that part, letting them know that they do have a choice of the category of what will go in their show. So working with Megaphone has been great in that sense. And just, I've learned so much. I didn't know anything about that dynamic ad insertion, any of this. So there was a a curve on my part as well. And we're hoping to grow the network where we'll be able to do, you know, deals or partnerships with other people for advertising. We have all, all these amazing shows that people can advertise in some of them or buy the whole network, something like that. So we're exploring all of those avenues. And that's where where Tina comes in, my business partner on that end, because she's so knowledgeable on the advertising and marketing side of it.
0: And so do they have a pre-roll and space for a mid-roll and a post-roll, or those three spots?
1: Yep, they do. Pre-mid and post. And if
0: they wanted to do, are there shows that do more than one in any of those slots?
1: yeah there's a couple i mean most people don't i mean most places don't even sell the the post roll anyway okay. right yeah, that's yeah. kind of a throwaway sure. you know that's like where you put your promo stuff and things like that so it's really the pre and the mid okay. that are really important and you know we handle that for the content creator for the podcaster so they don't have to worry about it
0: yeah and then the business model is you just take a cut of the revenue that comes in from the all ad based is that right
1: yeah, we do a percentage share with the podcasters. And I'm hoping to we really want to grow MindBodySpirit.fm. I mean, I want everybody to make money, like we want everyone to be successful. Of course. And then you try to explain that to the podcaster so that they don't because that's always the first thing people say, Well, how much can I make? Can I make a lot of money? <laughs> and then they'll hear an ad in their show like, Hey, I heard an Audi in my show. Like, will they give me an Audi to drive or that kind of thing? I'm like, no. It's <laughs> not that word. It it doesn't really work that way and the, yeah. so you have to manage expectation as well as we're trying to grow yeah so yeah that's definitely been interesting because people seem to think there's this whole this big payout right away
0: yeah I, dynamic ads are really you know fascinating and, and i think early on you know people i think were a bit discouraged by them because you know obviously randomly having an ad for like walmart show up in your content you know just kind of disrupts the flow And that's why sometimes a lot of folks like the host read ads as well. And so does the model that you have now support any of the hosts who want to do like find ads on their own or find sponsors on their own? And can you you do a mix of those as well? Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, we encourage that because that's a lot more beneficial for them, you know, and for us, because then, you know, there's not such a big chunk. You know, going out the door. So yeah, if people come in with a sponsor or someone that they want to work with, we definitely encourage them to do that.
0: Yeah, and I've I've, I've used the megaphone platform in the back. I actually shout out to a Ray Palermo, who yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: know if you've met or you work with her. <laughs> oh <but> yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm working with Ray. Yeah, she's been very supportive. Actually, Ray was the one that we brought megaphone to the unity oh, uh, network way back then. So that's where I started working on it and learning how to use megaphone and build campaigns and things like that. And I'm still learning because there's so many moving parts. But she was very instrumental in helping with that. And she's been such a, a great support.
0: Yeah, she's great. And now part of Spotify. <laughs> awesome. right? yeah, yeah. And so what have you seen that's worked in terms of like growing the network and, and how big is the team?
1: Well, the team is me and (laughs) Tina. (laughs) We're like a two-man band. We do have people that we farm out things to. Like I have an audio engineer that helps me with stuff as like a contractor basis. But that's where we want to grow. Like we want to bring on a full-time social media person, someone to help with marketing, maybe someone to do sales. And that's where we're really excited at our growth right now. We're moving to a brand new website on our own, you know, building that. And we're really excited about the future and the growth that's coming. And it's so interesting when, you you know, you mentioned Megaphone, Spotify. And I just think back to my old radio days in the days of consolidation where I worked for one company that was gobbled <laughs> up. And I think it was Capstar became AMFM became Clear Channel. Like in one year, there was a couple of mergers. And I'm seeing a similar thing happening in the podcast world where people are getting eaten up like Pac-Man, yeah, you know, companies happening. are getting bought and sold and and merged, So we hope to experience some similar growth like that, maybe to partner with a, a bigger company or someone that would see the value in what we're doing, because there's a lot of value in this kind of content.
0: And so uh, do the creators come with their own varying degrees of social media presence? Do they? Do you create a website for them as well? Or do they do that on their own?
1: Well, we give them a site on our site. So we create a page for them. But yeah, they have their own social media platforms, their own websites and things like that. So what we try to do is get everybody to like and share for each other, you know, to promote each other. I mean, if you know the secret sauce, to <laughs> give me a ton more, you know, to help things blow up for listeners and, and really increase that, then please share, we could do it off uh, air. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my marketing brain is always like, <laughs> clicking. So I'm, I'm sure I'm you know, having ideas as we're having this conversation. So I'm sure we'll have a, a follow up. After this conversation, yeah, no. <laughs> what have you seen has, has been working like for the shows that are successful, you know, is there something that they're doing that's you can see that they're being consistent with their show or something that you can, you know, use as guidance to the other hosts on your show?
1: I always tell people, you know, con- consistency is key. I mean, if you're just going to be randomly putting stuff out there, it's just not going to get any traction. And we've seen that in the very beginning when we launched the network, just to kind of get people in the door, we were like, oh, you can do one a month, put your foot in the water. And then we Tina and I had this conversation just recently. We're like, no, we got to crack down, you know? It's yeah, like, of course. No more once a month shows. Yeah. You know, so really some kind of consistency, at least every other week. Yeah. You know, do a season, bulk produce it. And then do that, you know, that can be helpful. So we try to work with the people in their bandwidth of, of what they can do without getting them overwhelmed. If it's easier to record a bunch of shows at once, sure. do that yeah. every other week. But definitely consistency is key. Trying to maximize your social as, as best you can. If you can do lives, uh, Instagram lives, Facebook lives, uh, interaction, sharing things in other people's newsletters or blogs things like that. However you can get your tentacles out there, Harry.
0: (laughs) Well, newsletters have been really popular. And I think even for myself personally, I think what I've been focusing on is just rethinking, building up myself, my own authority in the space. And so I've I've selected uh, Twitter as my platform. There's a couple of people in there who I follow who have grown their following to like 100,000 and are generating like million dollar businesses because of like the courses they sell or because of the content they have, but they built up the, the authority in the space first so that when people see what they're doing, they're like, Oh, I respect, you know, this guy, Dan Koe that I follow. Like he, I took his course. his course, I mean, his course was like, I think $97 or something. It wasn't a big deal, but you know, when you extrapolate that over this huge you know, following, you know, basically once you've built that up somewhere, you know, people will follow you around anywhere. So if you tell them you have a podcast at that point, then it's like, okay, so it's been interesting. And for me, I like Twitter because it helps me hone my writing skills because you don't have the distraction of like trying to come up with an image for Instagram or, you know, figuring out what to post for a live or, you know, what your background looks like for going on video and stuff like that. So I think for me, it's one less thing to worry about. And you know, it's always nice to have a, a good writing skill because that comes in handy for copy and sales copy and, you know, show notes and anything you might need to from a personal perspective. So that's been interesting for me personally and just one of the things that I'm trying that I think is pretty helpful.
1: That's interesting to hear because I'd really like to build up our Twitter, like we've really been concentrating on Facebook and Instagram, because that seems to be where our people are. And so I haven't spent as much time, you know, building up Twitter, but now, you know, with you sharing your story, I'm going to have to take another look at that and and build that up.
0: So When you think about what you had in mind when starting the network, has any of that changed in terms of like your vision, like where you thought you would be at this point in time, you know, the types of shows you'd be working with, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like how that's changed over the years?
1: Well, I've definitely learned a lot more so much over the past two years, you know, just in building this up. And I guess like now I can kind of look back and I'm actually I'm really proud and kind of surprised that we've been able to build to 45 shows. And I think we just want to continue building and expanding and letting people know that, that we're here. And that's really kind of the next step is really pushing everything out there. And that's why I'm so grateful that you had me on this podcast. This is the first one that I've been on. So I'm excited. (laughs) As an interviewee, I've I've interviewed a ton of people. So it's interesting to be on the other side. But we want to continue to grow and share this. And And I think that the industry, there's so much that needs to change. I think, you know, better customer service. It's really difficult dealing with these big faceless conglomerates, like trying to get Apple or someone to help you. It's, it's very difficult. I think I'd like to see that change. And just like in the categories, like I don't feel mindbodyspirit.fm really fits in the religion category. You know, I think that there's a space for people that are, you know, quote, spiritual, not religious. And that I think the categories don't always work. You know, so that's where we felt that mind plus body plus spirit, mindbodyspirit.fm would give a different category. And it's not just woo stuff, you know, or mediums. I mean, we have mental health and alternative health and other ways to deal with pain and dealing with grief and, and things like that. So we want to build that space in that category.
0: How have you grown as an entrepreneur since starting the company?
1: Am I an entrepreneur now? Oh, wow. I was just a DJ for a long time. Life was simple then. Come in and do your four and out the door, you know. It's been a lot of, you know, details. And I think finding help and asking for help, and that's something that I've done is, you know, reaching out to people and maintaining relationships, people that I've worked with before that I'd like to continue to work with. So I've learned the the value of that. And I think, and here's also a tip, like, be nice to publicists and people that call you and ask for help. And I remember people I worked with at Hay House, and then now when I go and ask for them, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember you, you know. <laughs> you know. So, like, you don't have to step on people on your way up the ladder. Not at all. I don't think that that really works. And, again, a shout-out to my business partner, Tina, because finding someone who's good at what you're not good at and can bring the best out of you so that you're better – she, she helps me with that because she's much more linear and detailed. And I'm like, bing, 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 bing. (laughs) What's next? What can I do next?
0: Has she been behind the mic as well?
1: I don't think so. But I told her, look, I said, I'm doing this podcast junkies interview. You're more than welcome to do the next one. Oh, no, no, you can do it. (laughs) I said, well, divide and conquer. You do some. Because I think she has an amazing message to share too. I mean, she was there, you know, back when broadcasting on the internet was in its infancy. And you know, she learned a lot from Mark, she reported, you know, directly to him and Todd Wagner. And so I've tapped her brain on that a lot too. Like, I go, why don't you call Why don't you ask Mark? <laughs> ask him what he would do. Yeah, yeah, he... She goes, you need to be prepared to go in front of Mark Cuban. She says, It's not like Shark Tank. That's fake. So That's funny. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's funny. But we've, she's learned a lot from him and from her experience over the years. And so we try to put our heads together and Forge ahead.
0: Well, it seems like the PR outreach that you just started is already reaping benefits because and House and and it made it, you may have just reached the right person at the right time because you know I saw Hay House and I was like, well, spirituality podcasting. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly like what I'm I'm all about now. <laughs> so I think that's what, great. What's interesting for me is that uh, I mean, I started. I would say probably the late 90s just kind of awakening buddhism and then that whole new age seed of the soul you know the conversations with god the celestine prophecy you know seven spiritual laws of success just like everything it was just like it was leading into another one then just like learning about crop circles and egypt and ancient civilizations and star seeds and just channeling <laughs> it's just like it just became this like huge huge rabbit hole for me and I just voraciously like taking everything in but sort of like always everything in the background and I've worked with plant medicine now too so it's just really expanded my awareness of like tapping into that universal you know spirit and guidance that we all have in us
1: I believe that and
0: a lot of times yeah and people write it off as woo and sometimes I have a love hate relationship with that word sometimes people use it in a derogatory fashion but you know it's it's you know it's very it's sort of descriptive of, of the space that we're in now but I think you can't deny and i think it speaks to like you know all the content that it's you, on your network that people are awakening to the presence of like something bigger than themselves and a lot of times they don't know how to put words around it or describe it. And even if you just described it as an inner knowing or an intuition, you know, I think just even people tapping into their intuition, I think is just a, those first baby steps into like listening to yourself and and finding those moments when you can just like do that meditation in the morning and just be silent and just seeing what guidance come in. And so all these things have been top of mind for me, even in our agency, I shifted to moving to working with business owners in the space who are working on consciousness, you know, raising messages and, and coaches in the spiritual space. My tagline is I'm, I'm the cosmic conduit for awakened souls ready to transmit their message to a global audience. And I love that. Oh,
1: I wish I would have thought of that. We could have put it on the website. But I think you're so right in that there is a big hunger for this material, and I believe that strongly. I saw that in Hay House Radio, and, you know, the biggest question that people would call in a lot of the radio shows, and they would ask, besides when am I going to meet my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, (laughs) would be, what's my life purpose, and it's almost like people want permission to explore that, what their heart is really telling them to do. But we're seeing it now with the great resignation where after the pandemic, you know, people really took a second look at like, is this what I want to do with my life? Exactly. Do I want to spend 12 hours a day in a cubicle? Do I want to report to this person who totally demeans me and demoralizes me? Yeah. And I think we're we're looking for that. and And it's also kind of hit the the zeitgeist where like you see on television shows, you know, Jerry Seinfeld does TM Howard Stern talks about his meditation. You didn't see this before. No, People were well. afraid to, to say that they thought you may, you said meditation. They think, <laughs> you know, you're a fortune teller with a turban yeah, a yogi. and yeah. And if you're not doing any kind of self care like that or giving yourself 10 minutes to breathe, you're going to explode because we're just, and now more than ever. And I read a, a great quote and I won't steal it as my own. I'll give credit to the guy that I heard it from on another podcast. He's a religion writer. And he said that we're at the point of a post-pandemic spirituality surge. Sure. And I thought, yes, if I can be at the crest of that wave, if mindbodyspirit.fm can be part of that to you know, give people that alternative. And I, I still believe that you know, there is some magic. There's unexplained things in the world that we should explore.
0: Yeah. Egypt is top of my list for trips to go to. So oh, <laughs> make I would sure love that, that, that. Yeah, just get to into see those, the pyramids. Yeah, and to get into those hidden chambers down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I watched that uh, ancient civilizations on Gaia, and the season four was just like totally up my alley because it just basically validated stuff that I've read, and, and they've got like some of the scientists start proving some of the stuff because we're overlapping into the world of quantum physics now, and we're just like some of the stuff that's happening is like you know tesla talked about you know if you want to learn the secrets of the universe you know you just it's all about frequency and vibration right so yeah see we could talk about this
1: for hours and people will just turn it off you know like oh let's or tune in
0: and you know i and my you know my message to the listener is like if this is in any shape or form like you know, resonating with you or like piquing your interest. You know, I, I would say to like listen to that voice, and I think because in the past there was no outlet for you to explore that, and you're like, oh, this sounds interesting, but it's not anything worth pursuing. And you know, nowadays you could start a podcast. You know, just there's so many books you can read on all the different subjects that are covered by the hosts in, in your network. I'm sure, and you know, I'm always discovering. And being inspired by, you know, learning, you know, the secrets of the universe, because, you know, when you just look up at the night sky and just figure out, like, put a, if you see those maps that show you, like, this is, like, the Earth, and then this is the Earth and the Milky Way, and this is the, the Milky Way in the universe, and the galaxy, and then they start getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and just, like, you realize how, like, how you know, infinitesimally small we are in the scope of like the universe. Right. The whole big infinite
1: universe. And then you are here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so there's so much room to explore. One of the things that uh, this this guy that I follow on Twitter is doing, because he's exploring spirituality and like, you know, and entrepreneurship, but just the marriage of that. And what he's saying is, it's almost like as a creator, we're going out and discovering what, learning you know about the universe about business about life and so everyone who's alive right now is having their own personal journey and and all he's saying is like look just talk about that because you sharing your story is you expanding the consciousness of the planet and so when he positioned it in that way, I'm like, oh, it's not about being on social media. It's like, it's about me sharing like my journey. And someone's gonna see that and be inspired by it and then do something good with it. And it's almost like I have a responsibility to just like share not only the just the good stuff, but just the ups and the downs and what I'm learning, what I'm struggling with, and what I'm being challenged with, and what I'm questioning, what I thought was true and is not true. And and even if some of it just like weirds people out, you know, I always feel like you should repel people as fast as you attract them, <laughs> because say, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But for the people it is for, you know, they get pulled into your your sphere of influence very quickly when they find like a resonant soul. And that's why these conversations always let me out,
1: Yes, yes, I love that. And you know, we as divided as we seem today, we really are connected. And I know everybody would say, Oh, that sounds crazy. We are one and that kind of thing. But I really believe that we are connected. And we do touch people in so many ways and so the more positive that you can touch someone somehow in their life it could be just a small thing you know buy someone a coffee or yeah you know
0: yeah i always say that um I've spoken like on stages as, as well on, on some of these topics about podcasting. And I always feel like I don't need like a room like full of thousands of people. I just need one person to hear that message because there's when I'm speaking or when I'm uh, like on, on my podcast or I've, I'm invited to speak like on a webinar or something like that. I just feel there's like there's one person that needs to hear the message. And so like I feel like there's a responsibility to share my story, to share my ups and downs, to share like my spiritual journey, because inevitably, and it's always happened, there's always, if I'm speaking on stage, there's one person that comes up, it's like, I really needed to hear that message right now. And I'm just like, okay, that just keeps me motivated to keep going. And, and I think, People shouldn't feel like embarrassed to talk about these things because, you know, we sort we almost have a responsibility to like share our stories because you just never know who's listening. You just never know who needs to hear this exact message or, or this conversation. You know, someone's going to be listening to this and be like, yeah, they're, they're nodding their head. Listeners nodding their head as they're listening to this on their ear. But it's insane. Yeah, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now.
1: And I love that about podcasting, and I like that about radio. Like when I, but even when I was doing the overnight shift, if I could, I would get that one call from, you know, the gas station attendant or the guy stuck in the shelves, you know, late night at Winn Dixie, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'd I'd play him a Metallica song or something, and that one person <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I was able to touch, and I I would be I would that would make it all worthwhile, you know, even to work that lousy shift. And I think that the more that that we can do that and reach out the better, because we all do have amazing stories to share.
0: Yeah. What was that overnight show that dealt with all things like metaphysics? I always forget. Oh, it,
1: George Norrie Coast George to Coast. Norrie. Oh my he's God. He's still that's... around, <laughs> I believe. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would, that would be interesting. I, I don't know if he's delved into the podcasting space or, you know, where he's at now, but I remember whenever you just stumble upon one of those shows and just be, it would just be at the right time and you'd be like driving and just be hearing like stories about UFOs. And just like, wow, this is fascinating. <laughs>
1: It is. And I've always been fascinated by that kind of material, you know, and now look, the government is showing us videos of of the, you know, the existence of UFOs, although they changed the name, they rebranded it to something else. (laughs) I, I forget unidentified flying something, but yeah, it is interesting. And I love that, that you're, you're into this material. And I mean, we really want to give people a space on our network to explore all of those things.
0: And so how do you make a, a, a call in terms of like what types of shows are a good fit? Is there an application process or, you know, how do folks get connected with you?
1: Well, at this point right now, like they can connect through the website, you know, info at mindbodyspirit.fm, then Tina and I will look at it, or if it's a referral from somebody and then we'll check them out and just, you know, we kind of do it old school and we'll talk to people. And if I get a good, you know, again, if you get the intuition and the you get a good feeling that someone is really sincere and wants to share their message. So a lot of it is going by the gut as well. And then you look at the numbers and, and everything else that, that they have. But I mean, we would look at a bigger person than and also, you know, someone who's starting out. Sure. I wanna help those people too.
0: Yeah, cause they're always looking for, you know, there's, there's the people that just looking for their start and then just, you know a diamond in the rough and they just like, they just need the platform and they wanna, do what they do best which is get on the microphone and not have to worry about all the things that you know that really slowed them down and i think so you providing that platform and, and giving them that visibility i think it might just be the push that they need
1: yes and i love to talk to people about that and help them on their journey and you know hopefully we'll mindbodyspirit.fm will continue to grow and and i love that there's a lot more interest and i think in, in this material will continue to grow and i think that we definitely need it now people are are looking for support yeah you know now more than ever
0: and do you have sponsors that may not be on the megaphone network but also would be interested in working with you and then you just kind of work have them leverage the, the platform to run ads on the on the shows
1: well we're open to talking to anybody okay <laughs> <laughs> sponsors send yeah. them our way yeah yeah we would like to grow those relationships for sure and I think that, you know, there's a lot of companies, I mean, look at how big uh, veganism is now. You know, a few years ago, people would laugh, you know, what, vegan? You know, but now all these celebrities are coming out as vegan.
0: All these plant-based food. I have a second show called The Vertical Farming Podcast, where I interview CEOs of vertical farming companies, which has been a fascinating journey. And that's sponsorship-led, and I actually landed my first sponsor before I launched the show. And it just speaks to, like, a growing industry, like, that's getting a lot of funding. That's been very helpful. But now that led me down a whole rabbit hole of all these new food, there's a, there's a web newsletter called Food Hack. And it talks about cellular, you know, beef and, and plant-based beef and plant-based meat. And, you know, they're creating, like, um, cellular-based, like, uh, or plant-based eel and, and just for, like, sushi. And just so now it's like this movement is really moving forward. Fast and this industry is really moving fast. And so, like, you know, to, it started with veganism, but now it's just branched out into all these like derivatives, impossible meats, you know, uh, all this sort of thing that's happening. It's been, it's been interesting to watch. So, it's exciting. Like, yeah, it's a lot of opportunities happening. A couple of uh, questions as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently?
1: That I've changed my mind about recently. Let's see. I'm trying to think of something, think of something clever.
0: <laughs> it could be I've had people tell me they switched from uh, coffee to tea. So it, <laughs> it doesn't Oh not no, the- I <laughs> would never
1: give up coffee. No way. No way. I don't know. I mean, I I used to I recently tried miso on salmon and I I didn't like it before, so I think I I've changed my mind on that. That's that would good be enough. the. Okay, that yeah, would That's, that's like enough. the only recent yeah. thing I could think of. Like I thought this was awful. No, I like it. I would have to say that would be the most recent change.
0: It's funny how some of your taste preferences you just acquired as a child and just like never let go of. and Or things that you like, foods that you didn't like. Like I have a, like a, I deter olives. And just be just like the smell of them, the taste of them, and it's just, it's never gone away. <laughs> and so, like, I don't think anyone would ever convince me, like, that's a, a good food. And I see people eating them, like, popping them into their mouth <laughs> by the hands full. But it's just interesting. Some of your taste patterns and buds are just like, you know, you, you pick them up early on and then they never change when you <laughs> into your adulthood.
1: That's true. I'm a lot more adventurous now. As, as a kid, I hated everything mushrooms hated them, tomatoes hated them. Uh, now I, I love all of those things
0: what's the most misunderstood thing about you
1: misunderstood i don't know pretty much an open book maybe they might think i'm too serious oh i don't (laughs) want to say maybe they think i know more than i do okay
0: Yeah, I think we all realize that uh, a lot of Fake times... Take it till you make it? <laughs> yeah, I think, especially in the, you know in this world of entrepreneurism and, and people get imposter syndrome. But I think when they realize that everyone just, you know, they had their start the same way and they struggled through the same things that we're all going through. And, you know, no one's got it figured out, I don't think. <laughs> On this planet, like we're all doing the best we can with what we have and, and what we know. But I think having that eternal learner's mindset is just always feeling like there's always something to learn and you can always do better today than you did yesterday.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I definitely learned that Louise Hay was a great example. She died at 92 uh, in 2017 and she never stopped learning. She would take ballroom dance classes, nice. painting, things yeah. like that. And and I want to always be a seeker and I want to always have an open mind to learn. And maybe not be as judgmental sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, Diane, I wanna really thank you for this conversation. It was uh, really exciting, uh, heartwarming, soul expanding, (laughs) all the things that uh, are a reminder of why I started podcasting and just having this opportunity to connect with folks who are not only like-minded but like weren't even on my radar and you just know like there's some it just goes to show you there's so many great conversations we can have with people if we just open ourselves up to this world of possibilities that exist in podcasting and it's been a fascinating journey for me and uh, I really applaud you with what you're doing with Mind Body Spirit FM and uh, you know congrats on your, your journey as well in terms of your career and all the experience you've had and everything you have uh, coming up for you and Tina with the network.
1: Thank you so much. And I, I love talking with you and meeting like-minded souls. It's it's a blessing for sure.
0: So for folks to connect, it's MindBodySpirit.fm. Anywhere else you want to send folks?
1: Yes, go to it's mindbodyspirit.fm that FM, yep. is the website. And come and check out all of the 45 podcasters that we have on there and growing. We're always adding more. If you're looking for support, emotionally physically spiritually curious about angels talking to the dead any of those things interest you we're your place
0: awesome we'll make sure we have all those links in the show notes as well uh thanks again for sharing your time and your story i really appreciate it thank you thanks again to diane for coming on the show and sharing her very inspiring story learn more at podcastjunkies.com we just switched over hosting as well And so the site should be a little zippier. You'll be able to search the back catalog as well. Any feedback you have on the layout, please send that to me directly, harry at podcastjunkies.com. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Focusrite, and their special promo for this holiday season, focusrite.com forward slash podcastjunkies, and you'll be entered to win a free vocaster too. So run, don't walk to this site, focusrite.com forward slash podcastjunkies. I can't wait to find out who the winner of that's going to be podcast production provided by fullcast learn more at fullcast.co to see if a podcast is right for you and if you've made it this far you don't doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag let's go with hashtag spirit Body fm and tag us at podcast underscore junkies and diane at diane ray one d-i-a-n-e-r-a-y one as always thanks for everything you do to support this show i truly appreciate you thank you